We want to share briefly a little bit about Easter. We want to uh, look into the Bible, what God said about it, and who, who Jesus is, and what he did, and what does it all mean? I mean, why, why do we celebrate? How does it apply to us? Wasn't that 2,000 years ago, and I mean, it's old, dusty history, or is there anything for us in it, for us in it now? So we want to look into the scriptures. Uh, we won't take a long time here this morning. I can preach a long time, but we won't. <laughs> Look, the, the regular congregation thought that was funny, but anyway. <laughs> the Bible makes it plain as you read it. There are a number of references that, make, that say it's so, but that God raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal body. So the spirit raised Christ from the dead and that he was raised up by the power and anointing of God. And um, that, that's very plain in the scriptures. Um, it's also very plain in the scriptures. I'm going to refer to a couple of them here that, that over and over in the epistles, it refers to the resurrection of Jesus and it'll say in one way or another, looking at it, it'll say, us too. And uh, you might not understand what that means, but let me just kind of look at a scripture, Romans 6, this is verses 4 through 7. We were buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, notice together, we were planted with him, meaning buried. We shall also in the, li also in the likeness of his resurrection. Our old man was crucified with him. And so he's, he, he brings us into this. Um, in Ephesians chapter number one, it's also very plain. It says that, and I'm just going to read these scriptures because they're so important, and I'm going to be emphasizing them here in a minute. But it tells us that Jesus, when he was, well, let me back up. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, and he wanted them to know what God had done in Christ, in the death, burial, and resurrection, and so forth. And one of the things he prayed that they would know, this is Ephesians 1.19, that they would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power and then he makes a statement that's so easy to overlook and so easy to read past and miss what it said. The exceed, he wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward. To usward. Who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So that power, the power that raised Christ from the dead wasn't just directed towards Jesus. And toward his body, to raise his body and his spirit from the dead. But it was directed to us word. In other words, what God was doing for Jesus, he was directing that power not just towards Jesus, but he was directing it towards you and I. And it might seem, uh, you know, your mind, when you hear that, it might be, what, how, what does that mean? Uh, and so we're going to look at that today. Because God, what, what God was doing for Jesus by raising him from the dead, he was, making available, he was making the power available to all of us to have the same thing happen. That's very important language. He was directing it to us. We would say towards us. 
towards us. And so, um, so to many, Easter is just the, you know, a holiday celebrated about something that happened years ago. And that certainly that's true. We understand, fully understand that. And uh, we're not criticizing that. But really, it is a bit limited in the understanding of what God was doing to only look back at the resurrection of Jesus and not apply what happened back there to what can happen today to any man who will receive what God did in Christ and how that, that, that faith in what God did in Christ will release the power of the resurrection into our lives. And so we want to look at that today. Uh, I, I heard a, I, I've been hearing this, I don't know, I guess, I don't know. Anyway, I've been hearing this commercial. I don't even remember who put it out. It's uh, one of the cat food companies. <laughs> And dog food companies, and they'll talk about the nutri- how nutritious their f- cat food is or dog food. I think it's cat food, actually. And they'll, and they'll say, science did that. You ever heard that commercial? Science did that. Well, there's things that happen in our, there's things that'll never happen in our life without this resurrection power. And when it happens, you'll just have to say, power did that. <laughs> you won't be able to say, I did that. But we want to learn today how to receive that and, and, and have that power work for us. And so in Ephesians 1 here, he mentions that. So Easter is not just something that happened a long time ago. I'm, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm, I'm saying I'm not, it's not just something. That power is available to all of us today. And so that power uh, is, is what God has directed towards us. Really, when God raised Jesus from the dead by the power of God... He was uh, giving us our own personal opportunity to have an Easter ourselves. Uh, In other words, a new life. You know what I mean by a new life? Uh, We'll look at that. Uh, But really, when I say a new life, uh, I'm talking about a new empowered life. Not not powered by Duracell, but powered by the power of God. (laughs) Powered by the Holy Spirit, powered by the power of God to do for you what no man could do, what you yourself can, cannot do. Um, if you look at Jesus' life, his life was a life full of the power of God. Of course, he was the son of God, we understand. But his, his life, the Bible says that he was conceived in Mary's womb. The angel said the, to Mary, the power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. And so his whole his life began by the power of God. And then it, we know he lived by the power of God. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 talks about that, or 2 Corinthians, excuse me. Then he ministered by the power of God. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He, he ministered by the power of God. He lived by the power of God. And he was also raised by the power of God. So Jesus' life was, uh, was a life full of the power of God, full of the Holy Spirit's power working through him and on his behalf and, and through him to other people. And although, um, you know, the, 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 when I say he was raised from the power, by, by the power of God, in Ephesians here, it says he wants us to know this power that's towards us who believe according to the power that wrought, he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world but in the world to come. Now that's just big language for the demon forces that tried to oppose his resurrection. 
There were forces, uh, hell's forces were trying to oppose his resurrection, but the power overcame them all. (laughs) God's power was greater than all the forces of hell arrayed against the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the reason it was the greatest display of power that the earth had ever seen, even greater than the power that created the worlds, because this power was in greater manifestation, was was a stronger anointing, because it had to defeat all the forces of darkness that opposed Jesus' resurrection. Um, And the good news is, it defeated all those, those forces, but the message of Easter is not just what God did for Jesus to overcome all that opposed Jesus. And all that tried to keep him from being in his rightful place, ascending up to sit with God in the heavenlies. Um, But that power, the good news is he shared that power with us. Uh, The resurrection power is for us and... Uh, he wants us to know. That's what Paul was praying for the people there in Ephesus to know, that they would recognize that it wasn't just power for Jesus to be raised from the dead. It was power for a victorious life down here uh, to, to, to uh, you know, overcome all the forces of the enemy that oppose us from standing in our right place. What do you mean standing in our right place? In the blessed place, in the free place in the healed place, in the victorious place, in the overcoming of sin's temptation place, uh, over, over all the torments of the enemy, the curse of the law, uh, poverty, the curse of, of, of breaking God's law, including poverty and sickness. And there's power available for all of that. <clears throat> it was directed towards us. And so um, not only did Jesus raise from the dead, but God directed that power so we could have a new life. And so we need not miss what the Bible's saying here. Uh, It was Jesus being raised, but it's also saying us too. If you go into the second chapter of Ephesians here, we're reading the end of the first, but then it'll say, and you has he quickened. You hath he raised. You hath he seated. So that power was... You know, I, I say sometimes we, we, we need to understand the, the, the gospel, not just the limited gospel, but the and you gospel, the gospel that it brings us into all that God did in Christ and all that God gave Christ and all the power that raised him from the dead. And so um, that power, it got him past all those forces, and it's available for you and me to get us past all the forces that oppose us. Uh, there's victory over sin's bondage. There's victory over stumbling, and, and there's victory over temptation. There's victory, uh, when you think about the resurrection, uh, if you read it closely in Romans 6, we won't go there, but the resurrection uh, says that Jesus, when Jesus was raised, he was, he was given dominion over death. The resurrection is the story of God giving Jesus and us dominion over death. And that's physical death, but also spiritual death. Uh, resurrection means uh, some things don't boss us around anymore. <clears throat> The things that used to bind man uh, can, can uh, be so under our feet through the power of God that they just don't boss us around anymore. 
How many of you can, can assuredly say today, death does not boss Jesus around today? It, he's not subject to it. Uh, sin does not boss him around today. Sickness doesn't boss him around. Nothing bosses him around. But you were raised to a place where that can be so in your life as well. That, the power is available to your life, so it doesn't boss these things, sin and so forth, don't boss your life around either. Uh, I signed up for that whenever I got saved. <laughs> and so um, we have to understand that uh, this power, though, was put into our hands. We are made the stewards of it, and we can receive it by our faith. We can actually steward it and direct it towards the needs of life by our faith. Uh, it's really now, when, it, when he says it's to us word, he's basically saying that God put it now under our authority. We can shut the power down. We can release the power into the circumstances of life. Um, we're, we're not really waiting on God today. He's waiting on us to learn about the laws that govern this power and really to learn to put it into action. If you went home at nighttime and your, the lights were out in your house, you wouldn't call the power company and say, what's wrong with you down there? There's no power in my house. No, you just flip the switch. And that's what God wants us to learn to do. A lot of times uh, Christians kind of have the mentality or people kind of have the mentality. They say, well, I, I need power. Well, this power was already directed towards you in the resurrection. It's directed your direction. Uh, but you and I need to learn how to flip the switch, so to speak, if you could, if you could understand the way I'm saying that. And he really, um, really authorized us to do that. And uh, so it's to, and he gives us a clue when he says there in Ephesians 1, this is referring back to verse 19. He wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. Right there's the switch. Believe. It's directed towards us that believe. It's a little like in the, the electricity in the walls of your house. There's a, there's a uh, you know, feed that comes into your house, but then there's breakers and switches and things like that. You've got to have all those breakers and switches making contact for the power to get to your lights or whatever. And so that's the way it is. That's the way faith is. Faith is like the switch you flip to uh, receive the flow of that power in, in your life, whether it be to be born again, to be saved, to come into the kingdom of God, or whether it be um, for a need you have in your life. The thing about the, that, that the Christian life, it's not just about a bunch of words, it's about power. First Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not word, not in word, but in power. <laughs> it's not just a bunch of talk. Ah, my, my, my. It's, it's about powerful living. Power to give us victory over the things that try to bind us. And so, uh, you know, you might say a power empowered life. Uh, one translation says the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. Uh, so it's making faith connection with the power of God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so it, there's, we've been redeemed from doing things with no power. <laughs> there's nothing worse than going through a life of effort and, and, and sweat and, you know, struggle and then coming to the end and nothing. 
We've been redeemed from doing things with no power. Amen. Going through all the motions, putting forth all the effort to, uh, you know, accomplish something that we want, and then it all comes to nothing. We're free from living that way because we have access to power to produce what we can't produce. And it all comes through first coming to the one who has that resurrection power. That's how, that's how you get started in this kind of living. I'm telling you, I, I used to live my own, in my own abilities and my own resources, and I was getting nothing and producing nothing. <laughs> and uh, I made the switch, and boy, I'll never go back. The Bible says in, in Ephesians 3.20, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Then he said this, according to the power that worketh in us. That's, I've started tapping into that exceedingly abundant. Just, just, just 20, 30 years ago, I'm living in ways in many areas of my life, victory over in my mind and you know, so forth. Many areas that I didn't even realize I could live this free. And, but, but I can't say I did it because I'd been trying and I didn't get anywhere. But I have to say it's this empowerment that I've tapped into. And that's available to every believer, every, every person that comes into Christ. And so um, I think it's important here that we recognize this. This, this uh, Ephesians uh, scripture where it talks about uh, this power is directed towards us. And then it goes into chapter 2 and says, and you he quickened, you he raised, and you he seated far above, and so forth. The, all these scriptures are basically saying he's sharing this power with us, and it'll do for us what it did for Jesus. Um, the Bible calls Jesus, <clears throat> there's a little bit of uh, understanding we should gather here. It calls Jesus the first begotten among many brethren. He was the first one raised from the dead. Uh, there's a physical resurrection that we will experience, but there's also a spiritual resurrection where the, the dead man that is dead in sin, the spirit man on the inside of us, can be born again. By the power of God. And um, so the, the thing that I want you to see here is, is that this resurrection was not just for Jesus. It was for, made available to all of us. Um, the, Jesus being the first begotten or the firstborn among many brethren, it's a reference to the Jewish culture that, that really in, in the Jewish culture, there was the, the first son, the oldest son got all the inheritance, but not so he could just have it all and laugh at his siblings because they're poverty stricken. <laughs> it was because he was to share it with, the, he was responsible to share it with the whole family, with all his siblings. That's the way Jewish law, if you ever go back and study it, that's the way Jewish law was set up. And so um, the thing about this is, is that he was the first begotten so that he could share what he got with all of us. Does that make any sense? He's, he divided with us the spoils of all that he got in his resurrection. He made it available to us. I encourage you to go to the reading of the will and say, thank you, I'll take mine right now. <laughs> when I say the reading of the will, the Bible is God's will and testament. This is the New Testament or the new will, the new covenant in the blood of Jesus. 
So it reads with uh, a lot of your inheritance is written here. And it tells you of what Jesus got in his resurrection and what he divided with all of us. And so when you receive Jesus, like for example, Romans says, Romans chapter number uh, uh, 8, verse number 17, it says, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Um, A joint heir is somebody that inherits something with somebody else. So to be a joint heir means what Jesus got, we got. Does that make any sense? So when you put, in other words, when you receive Jesus into your life, it's as if God puts your name on the account that Jesus has everything deposited into. And he makes you a signer on that account. (laughs) Everything Jesus got, whenever he inherited, because Jesus said when he walked the the earth, he said, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll take of mine and he'll share it with you. Wow. You might have to forgive me if I get a little happy today. (laughs) So that, that, that when, when Jesus got that and it was put into Jesus' account, it was made available for every man to come and receive Jesus and become a part of the family and inherit together with him everything he got. And when you do that by faith in Jesus and what he did when he raised from the dead, God basically says, now here, I'll put your name on this account and you're now a signer on this account. Everything Jesus got, you now have the authority to, to, uh, put it in, to bring it into your life by your faith. And so um, you can bring the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, you can bring that to bear on the circumstances of life through faith. And uh, live an empowered life. And when people say, I, I, I used to know you, you were this, you were that, and you were that, but you're not that way anymore, you'll just have to say, power did that. Power did that. I didn't do that. You know me, I didn't do that. You know me, I was this, that, and the other, and stuff we don't want to talk about. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that your own human effort, really, and your own human abilities are no match for. There are spiritual forces that are arrayed against you in this life, satanic forces. There are many things that you're going to encounter in life that you're really no match for, but power is a match for it. God's power is a match for it. God never intended that your circumstances meet your ability. He intended that you live in such a way that your circumstances meet his power. Oh, hallelujah, because those things are no match for his power. And, you know, we hear people say things that, you know, things like, I just can't take this. Power can. Amen. It'll make you stronger in the power of, the Bible said, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. And you can overcome what you can't take anymore. People say, I'm just not ready for this. Power is. That, this thing's too big for me. It's not too big for God's power. I just can't. Power can. Amen. I just see no way. 
There's power available to make a way. Amen. To make what's impossible possible. Amen. It'll empower you. God's power will empower you for the task at hand. I love Paul because he, he, he was a man of faith who tapped into the power of God. And he said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The Amplified Version, let's see if I can find it. I got it written down up here. I am strong. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. He was empowered not by Duracell. He was empowered by the power of God. He's the one that empowers me. Then listen to this translation. I am ready for anything, equal to anything, through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Wow. What Paul's doing there is he's releasing us. He's stating a statement of faith. His faith was in the power of God. And he was releasing his faith in the power of God to do what he himself could not do. He was tapping into something that gave him ability to do anything that, to to overcome anything that opposed him. And I like the way it says, I'm equal to anything, ready for anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I mean, you need to get daily power infusions. So that you can, can uh, you know, tap into the power because, listen, a man who walks by faith in this power doesn't mean he won't be opposed. Doesn't mean some things won't come against him. They'll come against him just as much as they'll come against anybody. But they're gonna meet, that, that, that opposition is going to meet God's power, and that's what makes the difference. <clears throat> greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And that power is greater than anything that will oppose you. You can reach the breaking point and not break. Yes. God's power will sustain you and you'll be able to make the confession. Uh, you know, I, I love this confession Paul made. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And so uh, this is accomplishing power. Paul knew what he was talking about. He was in jail in the 16th chapter of Acts. And his, his, he had been beaten. They took, put him into the inner prison. In other words, there's, there's more than one door you got to go through to get out. <laughs> and his feet were fast in stocks. He's got, you know, chains around his arm, feet fast in sock. It was just an impossible situation. But he started releasing faith through prayer and praise. Bible said at midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God. And the Bible says that there was a great earthquake and the place shook. What is that? That's the power of God. That's the power of God. And he, he, he mixed his faith, not in his ability, but he mixed his faith in the power of God. And so um, what happened was, by releasing his faith, they got a victory that was impossible to get by their own abilities. Because the, the, the jailhouse opened and all their feet, uh, their, their cha- the chains fell off of their arms and the feet were delivered from the bondage of the you know, ankle bra- brackets they were in. And so uh, they tapped into something to do what was impossible. Notice they didn't sit there and cry and complain. They sat there and praised. 
you can tap into God's power by faith and praising God. And so um, God released that, uh, through them releasing their faith, God released his power. We don't have the power, we have faith. God has the power. We, mix, we, we have our part, he has his part. We mix our faith with his power, there's going to be an explosion. Something's going to change. Some, some bondage is going to break. And so we're thankful for the ability to do this. We don't cry. We don't complain. We don't, you know, God's power doesn't meet strife. It doesn't meet fussing. It doesn't meet condemnation. It doesn't meet, you know, woe is me. It meets greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we want to we wanna learn to do this. Now, here's something that the Lord showed me. I wanted to... Um, Make, make you aware of this. In the book of, um, let's go to Mark 11, if you've ever read this passage, it's powerful. Uh, Mark chapter number 11, verse number 23 and 24. Whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say, verse 24, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Now, here's what I want you to see. God's showing us what an empowered life can look like. And he's talking about faith here. But I want you to see verse 23 is telling us that we can release the power of God to remove things in our life that he never intended be there. Verse 23 is removing something. Be thou removed. Verse 23 is removing something. But second of all, in verse 24, the, the, the power can bring things we need into our life that this natural world can't provide. What things serve you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. There are things that this natural world or our own efforts can't provide. But we can tap into power to have them come into our life. That's what receiving is. It's receiving something that we didn't have. So he's talking about God giving something and providing something and us receiving something into our life that we can't produce or we don't have or the natural realm can't provide. And so I want you to see that, that this power for, for your life can work two ways. It can work to remove things that don't belong there that Satan has put in your life, that, that God never intended be there, to get that out of your life so that your life can be as God intended it look like, not as the devil intends that it look like. And when I say the devil, I mean all the curse, all the, all the bondages and all the, the, the things that he brings. And so, but then you see in verse 24 that the power of God can be accessed through faith in order to bring things that the natural world can't, remove, can't, can't, can't provide. So uh, there, there's things in life that need to be gotten out of our lives. And then there's things that need to be brought to replace what was taken away. And so some things, anybody had anything that needs to be put back in your life? The, the peace that you lost, the joy that you lost, whatever that Satan stole, uh, the, the uh, sin and condemnation that brought all the bondage and so forth, uh, that can be removed and God's righteousness can be put there. God's joy, God's peace, God's everything that, that belongs to us in Christ that we got in the, in the resurrection of Jesus, that can be put back. 
I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thrilled about what this, what this is telling us. And so um, there, your home is a picture, really, uh, whether it's what's missing from your home or what's in your home, it's a picture of which power is working in your, in your home. I don't know about you, but there are things in all of our lives that need to be gotten out that maybe we've tried to get rid of and it just stays there. But listen, it has, once it encounters power, I'm talking about God's power. It, 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 it's, it's a weenie. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have the power to stand up against God. Hallelujah. And so there are a lot of things that will oppose uh, a man walking in the power of God. But just like um, any man, things are going to oppose a man walking in faith. Just like uh, what I'm trying to say is you walking in the power of God doesn't mean things won't oppose you. But I mean things won't be able to stand against the power. They'll encounter something greater than you. <laughs> you know, people, they sometimes they, they, they think willpower and, and, you know, willpower is good. Don't misunderstand me. But they think they can just overcome things by willpower. And two weeks later, they're back. They're right back where they were. Because willpower wasn't even enough. We, we want to we learn to tap into the greater power than, than, than any power that's ever been manifest on the earth. Now, 2 Corinthians 2, 5 says that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Faith shouldn't, our faith shouldn't stand in our wisdom, our ability, our power. But um, our confession ought to be with Paul, through him who infuses inner strength into me, I can do all things through Christ. And so that's, that's what really I believe God wanted me to share this morning. I believe that, you know, like for example, um, before, before electricity was discovered here on the earth, because how many of you know there were centuries, man didn't have electricity. <laughs> But electricity was discovered. Uh, but before it was discovered, it was here. For generations, electricity was here. But no one knew about it. And no one knew how to harness it. No one knew how to put it to work for, you know, for, for our lives. No one knew how to conduct it. No one knew how to uh, create circuit boards and and all of that. And, and so there were a lot of things that were, we had the potential to have, but we didn't have. What was the issue? Was it because there was no electricity on the planet? No, it's because we didn't, we hadn't learned about it. Does that make any sense? And so, um, you know, we, we must learn about the power of God. Number one, like things like we just said, it's to usward. We must learn that. We must learn what conducts it. We must learn there are degrees of it. We can receive it by degrees. We can have more or less of God's power working for us. And so many other things. And really, that's what church is all about. It's learning about what, what conducts God's power. When, when they discovered electricity, they had to learn how to conduct it, and they, they were trying to figure out what, what, what kind of metals or, you know, of course, a, a, a piece of, uh, 
Uh, oak lumber didn't conduct it. Okay, that doesn't work. So let's try a rock. Well, that didn't work, you know. And so they had to find out what conducted that. Uh, was it Ben Franklin that had, had a key on his kite and it struck that key? And it's like, ah, metal, metal works. We can learn to conduct it. And so we, we, we as, uh, you know, b- people of God, we must learn how to conduct God's power. Because it's waiting on us to learn. Does that make any sense? It's really, uh, it's available exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ask or think. And it's available to make our life better than we could have ever imagined. I mean, back in, uh, you know, 700 years ago, people couldn't have imagined, I mean, what we're doing today with electricity. But that doesn't mean it wasn't possible. Well, there are things maybe in your life that you can't imagine today could ever be so, that would ever be able, that you could ever, that you could ever walk in a certain place in life. You couldn't imagine it, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. We just have to learn how to put the power to work in that area of our lives. And really, that's what church is all about. People say, well, I want to learn, but then they don't want to go to the university and learn. I want to be a doctor, but they don't want to go to the university. Well, you can't be a doctor without learning. And you can't conduct power without learning. So that's what church really is all about. The good thing about God is you don't have to just have two hits of power a year, once at Easter and once at Christmas. (laughs) And you don't have to have a hit every Sunday and go six days without power. Because you you can have the power of God working for you all the time by conducting faith all the time. All the time. Living. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. That's just another way of saying the just shall live, conduct power by faith daily. That's the good news. We, we don't have to just kind of have big hits every now and then. And so, um, and I want to encourage you to uh, make it your, your goal in life to learn how to tap into the God's power and uh, make it flow. Learn how to make that flow. I, um, I believe that's good enough. I want to basically just let you know that how this all, you know, what I'm describing, the kind of life I'm describing, how it all gets started is going to the one who is the distributor of this power. The distributor is the one who initially, he's the eldest son, God's firstborn from the dead. His name is Jesus. He's the one who got this resurrection power to distribute to all of us. So really, uh, it's not about religion. It's about receiving a person into your life. It's about receiving the power that raised him from the dead into your life. To first of all, uh, bring your spirit that was dead and separated from God because of sin, to bring your spirit alive. That's the first installment of God's power. It is the the power to come in and give you a new nature on the inside. And, uh, and he'll do that by just doing what he said in Romans chapter number 8, excuse me, Romans chapter number 10, verses uh, 9 and 10. If you'll confess with your mouth the lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's another way of saying you'll be made a new man. You'll be recreated, born again in Christ. It's not about joining a church. I'm, I'm not against joining a church, but I'm saying it's not, that's not how you get the power. 
The power is in him, not, not a building. The power is in receiving him. And so this resurrection power comes by uh, welcoming the one who has this power into your life. And it starts by believing that God raised him from the dead by this power and making your declaration of faith in him. And so that power really will be, uh, will come into your life and then you'll be the, uh, you'll be, you'll, you'll have it deposited in your life to be able to conduct it then into different areas of your life that you need. And uh, that's, that's what we are learning to do. Father, we thank you for every person here this morning. We're so grateful, Father, for the, for the word of God. Thank you for this great plan of salvation that you have made for all of us. Thank you, you never intended we live powerless, defeated lives. But you intended we come and receive the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Father, we don't know every person here today. You know every heart. You know the condition of every man before you. You know how they stand before you. You know whether they're right with you or they're yet separated because of sin. Father, we uh, simply thank you for moving in this auditorium right now, drawing people to Jesus that maybe need him and never have received him. Father, we, we ask you by your spirit to make them fully aware this morning of their need and what you've made available through faith in Jesus Christ. We'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and no one looking around, I just want to ask you this morning, before we go any further, if you've ever accepted Jesus, I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm not talking about promising to be a good person. I'm talking about receiving the one who has this resurrection power to give you a new life so that old things will pass away. All things will become new. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's what resurrection is. It's a new beginning, a new, a new start, a new creation. And so if that's you this morning and you say, I don't know Jesus in the way you're talking about. I just know religion or I know I put my name on, on a roll or something like that. But, but the way you're talking about it, I've never received Jesus into my life by just simply asking him, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. And I want to do that this morning. I want to confess his lordship and confess that power raised him from the dead and receive that into my life. And I want to pray a prayer about that this morning and, and agree with you with that. Would, would you raise your hand wherever you are all across this auditorium? Just by raising your hand, you're saying, I want to pray that prayer. I've never received Jesus into my life, into my heart. And I want to pray that prayer this morning. Anyone at all. Possibly many of us have already done that. But if you're here and you've never done that, raise your hand. Anyone at all. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate your honesty before God. Thank you. I see a young man. If he, if he understands, we'll, we'll pray with him too. Praise the Lord. Anyone at all. Anyone else. I've seen a couple of hands. Anyone at all? You're just saying, pray for me. We're not, we're not going to ask you to come forward. We're not going to ask you to, to uh, join this church. We're asking you to acknowledge that, that Jesus was raised from the dead and receiving that and receiving the new birth and the cleansing of the old man from sin. Anyone at all? Anyone before we pray? 
All right. Thank you for your honesty, those that raised your hand. I'm going to do exactly what I said. I'm going to pray with you. Um, I think it would be best if all of us in the auditorium would just pray this prayer. There's a couple of people praying it for the first time, I believe. But if you would just agree with us, anyone that's here this morning, just pray this prayer out loud, and especially those that raised their hand. Say this out loud if you would. Say, Dear Father God, I acknowledge Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I acknowledge that he died for my sin and that he rose again on the third day by the power of God to a new life and he overcame death. I invite you, Jesus, come into my life. I ask that that power be applied to my life. I ask you to save me, make me a new person. Cleanse me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. And and give me a new beginning. I confess you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. I thank you right now that you are my Savior, Jesus, and that I am your child. I am born again. The old man now is, is gone and crucified with Christ. And the new man, the new creation in me has has taken place right now. Thank you for washing me clean. And I thank you for a new start today. By faith in Jesus Christ, I receive that power that makes me a new person and that gives me ability to overcome all that Satan throws at me. Satan, you're under my feet. I renounce you. I renounce sin and all that is of you because I don't belong to you anymore. I now belong to God. Thank you, Father. You are now my Father. I am now your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give God a shout this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you raise your hand for prayer, our team in the aisle, you see some folks in the aisle, they have a packet for you. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed that prayer and you'd like that packet, this packet is for you. Raise your hand if you would like the packet. If you, it's just simply some information about how to begin your new walk with God, a little bit of learning so that you can begin to get this power working for you. And uh, so we want to give that to you. If anyone at all needs it, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you would like one, then, then we want to give that to you. Praise God. Let's give them a new hand, a big hand this morning. Praise God. I have the right to tell you, you're now a born again child of God. Thank God. I have a right to tell you, your sin and your past is all gone. And what used to trip you up, there's now power available to you to, to uh, be victorious over those things. And we encourage you and invite you to, to learn more about it. Spirit of Faith Family Church, you can come here, find a good place. Amen.